what we're going to do is we are going to uh, think about this morning about purpose in life. Now, it's great to have young people with us here. They're all sitting in this morning. And I wonder what they want to do when they leave school or college. I wonder if there's a plan. I did speak to Lottie, and she said, well, this is what I want to do with my life. And I thought, that sounds great. But when I was very young, what I wanted to do, um, I had two things in mind. One was to be a professional footballer. Um, and I failed on that one. And then the other one was to be a Formula One racing driver. <laughs> and um, as you can see, I'm here today, not in Singapore. I'd like to be in Singapore, obviously, but I failed on that one as well. So uh, just thinking about your life, what do you want to do with your life? And, you know, maybe some of us have kind of worked through our lives and, you know, we've, we're, we're a little bit older. But do you have something that is your goal and your purpose? Mark Twain said the two greatest things are about uh, two greatest things about your life, the two greatest days in your life, is the day you were born and the day you discover why. And he was saying, basically, we need to have purpose. And it's true. It's, it's a known fact that people who have purpose um, uh, uh, survive and, and thrive much more than those who are kind of a bit lost. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story in the Bible where Jesus comes along and changes a man's life forever. Forever. And uh, this guy you would have heard of if you've ever picked up a Bible. Because it's a guy called Matthew. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from the Bible, and then we're going to watch a video. <laughs> we're going to try and watch a video. So this is the story of Matthew. It's found um, in Matthew's Gospel, in Mark's Gospel, and in Luke's Gospel. And uh, let's just find it on here. Oh, good, it works on here. It says this, a few days later, when Jesus again entered... No, that's... Wrong passage, sorry. Once again, Jesus went out by, beside the lake. Now, Jesus, he was kind of, as you know about Jesus, he was kind of walking around, he was teaching about God, and he started teaching in the synagogue, which was the Jewish church. And that was going really well. He would preach at different synagogues. And what happened was the religious people said, hold on a minute, we don't want him in our churches. We don't want him preaching. So they basically said, you can't come in. So what happened is then he went out to the countryside and he went out to the lakeside, places like Capernaum, and he would stand by the lake and he would just preach. He would just talk and talk and teach people about God. And so we find that he went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. They just could not get enough of Jesus. The religious people hated Jesus, but the common people thought he was amazing because he talked their language, and they understood about God through him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. Now, this guy had two names. Um, his name was Matthew, but it was also Levi. They reckoned that the Greek name, his Greek name was Matthew, but his Hebrew name was Levi, and he was sitting in a tax collector's booth, okay? So basically, the tax man, he didn't send you a letter, he just sat in a booth, and you would come along, you would pay your taxes. We all love paying taxes, don't we? All that chunk of money disappeared. Well, it was the same in those days. He would have been working for the Romans, so the Romans said, oh, you've got to pay tax on this, pay tax on that, and the people would turn up and pay taxes. Now, if they didn't pay taxes, so they didn't turn up, they sent the boys around, literally. Okay, a couple of, couple of Roman soldiers appear at your door with some very sharp, pokey things, and you then have to decide, do I want to be poked and stabbed, or do I want to pay my taxes? 
pay your taxes. So they go to, to this booth and they would pay their taxes. Jesus then turns up and says to him two words. He says, follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. And his disciples, for there were many who followed him, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see, tax collectors, sinners, they were the, they were the kind of non-religious people. They were the, 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 as far as the religious people, they were like the scum of the earth. Because they never came to worship. They never God gave, gave God anything. And so people are saying, well, why is he there? And then Jesus, hearing this, said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so that's Jesus. He's, uh, he goes to Matthew's house, and he has this kind of party with him. I thought, actually, it would be good if you could watch something. Yeah? To help you fill in the story. Now, there may be some blanks on the video. You just have to use your imagination for those bits, okay? So let's see if we can watch a video together. Maybe we kill the lights, please, Mother Tom. of a son with talent like yours should be proud. Here we go. Let's go home and watch it. Because it's really good. Yep, thank you. So a bit of homework. Look up The Chosen and look up Matthew and you'll be able to find it. But it's a great story. And it teaches us a, a number of things about the person of Jesus and our lives as well. So Matthew was a tax collector. Now, in those days, that was a terrible thing because basically you turned your back on the people and you worked for the Romans, who were the occupying force at the time. And that's, you know, that was a terrible thing to do. But the other thing about being a tax collector, it was very profitable because you would go and collect your taxes. People would come and they'd give you a tax and you say, well, actually, you just need a little bit more. Give me a little bit more, and you give them a little bit more. And, of course, the Romans would get their cut, and the tax collector would have his cut. So it was a very lucrative business. So we reckon that Matthew was very rich. Very rich indeed. But the other thing we know about Matthew was that, actually, he was a man who was not happy. He was not happy. He was not satisfied. He had all the riches in the world, maybe, but he was not happy. In fact, the other day, Tracy and I, well, no, Tracy, she, she watched this program, Below Decks, okay? Ah, some people smiling, they know what I'm talking about, Below Decks. So basically, it's about the, the stewards and the crew of super yachts. The super rich own these yachts, and the people who work Below Decks work for them. The reason Tracy watches it, because her, my brother-in-law, Craig, he actually works on a super yacht. He is the engineer. So actually, we kind of understand some of this stuff. And Tracy was watching, when I came home from my prayer meeting, um, the, the, what she said to me, she said, oh, I watch Below Decks. You know, the rich people, rich people seem to be some of the most unhappy people in the world. And it's true, because we think that we have more stuff, it will make us ultimately happy. We may have more choices, but actually it doesn't satisfy, because we want more and more and more. And uh, rich, uh, Matthew was rich. He had plenty of money, but he wasn't happy. And the other thing we know about uh, Matthew was that he is hated. If you watch The Chosen, you'll see how he used to sneak around because he was worried that people would see him and attack him and hurt him and steal stuff from him. 
So here was a man who was rich, but probably deeply unhappy. And Jesus turns up and just says two words to him. He says, follow me. And I want to say to you today, that's, what, that's the heart of Christianity, you know. We, some people think that Christianity is all about, you know, well, you have to read your Bible and you have to come to church and you have to keep all these rules and regulations. But actually, well, the heart of Christianity is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it's about following Christ. And so Matthew, at that point, had a decision to make. And the Roman soldiers said, why are you doing this? Why are you just walking away from that very lucrative business? Why are you doing that? But Matthew heard the call of Jesus. And Jesus said, come and follow me. And I think what's happened here is that Matthew exchanges what he has in life for something different. And I would say something better. No longer was he grabbing money off people, but now he has purpose and he has a person to follow. He follows Jesus. And his life was transformed. And, you know, from that point, you can read the Gospels. You can see he was grouped with the other disciples, 11 of them, and they witnessed amazing things. They saw the dead raised. They saw the dead raised. Hands up, has that happened to you? Not many of us. They, see, they saw people fed with just five loaves, two fish. Thousands of people getting fed. They saw the blind, blind man walk. They saw the lame man no, the blind man see and the lame man see. I'm trying to go too fast here. I need to slow down. They saw so much. They experienced so much because they followed Jesus and they had a relationship with him. When I was 15 years old, how old are you, Lottie? 15. I was the same age as you. There was a point in my life where I was going to a church group um, I was kind of hearing all this stuff about Christianity. And one Sunday morning, I went to this church group. And there was a group of guys called the Beacons. Now, that doesn't sound too great, is it? You're going to choose a name for a band. They called themselves the Beacons. And they played. I don't know why we went. We were young people. They played country and western music. And the music... To be honest, it was okay. Uh, it was okay. But I sat there and I thought to myself, do you know what? They talked about Christianity. These guys went into prison and shared their stories. They talked about Christianity and I thought to myself, I want that. That's what I want. I want to have a life where I can share and I can be, uh, I, I can be a blessing to other people. And so at that point, I went home. And I got on my knees in my bedroom and I said to God, I said to Jesus, Jesus Christ, my life is yours. Take my life and it is yours and do whatever you want to do with it. And I think to myself, do you know, actually, for me, that was the greatest decision I've ever made. Because my life has been transformed. And I have the joy and privilege of doing a wonderful job working with this amazing church seeing other people come to Christ and getting baptized. In a sense, Jesus said to me, follow me. And that morning, when I was 15, many decades ago, I said yes. And Jesus invites us today to come to him and to follow him. And each one of us, as we hear that, we have to make decisions. 
Do you know, I know Lottie invited loads of people to come today. And some were playing football. And some were doing this and some were doing that. And that's fine. People have lives. But some of you have said yes, and it's great you're here. But every invitation we have, we have to decide, is it a yes or is it a no? And maybe today, as you hear what I have to say, you hear the invitation of Jesus to follow me. And I hope and pray that you will. Because, you see, Matthew's life was totally transformed forever. You see, the next thing we know about Matthew was that he was called, he was called to share what he had with others. I love that bit at the end where Jesus says, uh, we're going to a party, we're going to a celebration. And Matthew's going, well, where's that going to be? And he says, it's, it's your house. It's your house. We're coming to you. And he was like, oh, okay. And when we read the, the Gospels, we see that Matthew basically opened his doors, invited all his friends. And they were called tax collectors and sinners. You see, in those days, you had the really religious people um, and they were really good. They kept all the law. You know, they wouldn't do this and they wouldn't do that. There was a lot of don'ts. And they kept all those. But there was a lot of people outside of the religious group who didn't go to temple to worship, didn't go to synagogue, who didn't keep give to God the tenth they should give. And they, they were called the people of the land. They were the common people. And, you know, they were looked down on. They were always called sinners. Um, and basically, Jesus said, Matthew, I want to come to your house, and I want to meet the sinners that you know. And so Matthew puts on this amazing party. It says in Luke that he had a big house, because, of course, he had lots of money. So he invited all these people, and the religious people go, oh, look, Jesus is meeting with the riffraff. And Jesus says, actually, you know, I've not come to to call the, the righteous, I've come to call people who are far from God. And so Matthew had a job. His job was to share his story with others and invite them that they too could follow Jesus. And I want to say to you, today is a great event because when, when we baptize people, what we're saying to everybody, and the door's open, anyone can come in, we're saying, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I believe... In Jesus Christ. I've given my life to him and I am following him. And Lottie's done that today. And, you know, it's been fantastic to see that and to hear that. But as Christians, we are called to pass on good news, aren't we? We are called to share the good news. My daughter the other day sent me a WhatsApp. If I put my glasses on, I could read it. But she basically said, if I go to Morrison's and I spend like, 40 quid, I get £12 back. You're not, you don't think that's good news, do you? But it is. I can get money back by spending money. I, just, I can save some money and I can pass it on to my children as their inheritance. That's what she's thinking. <laughs> but you see, when we hear good news, we, you know, when we've got good news, we should share it with others. And that's what Lottie's done today. And that's what we want to do with you if, you, if you've not been in a church before, to share you the good news. That Jesus Christ came and loves you and wants you to follow him and wants to transform your life. Maybe today you're hearing that call. So Jesus, uh, uh, Matthew followed Jesus. He then shared Jesus. And then lastly, he called, was called to serve Jesus. So if you had a Bible, oh, this is Emma's very fancy Bible. Ooh, look. It's got like double covers and lots of 
space to write things. Lovely Bible. If you opened the, the Bible, um, you would come to the New Testament and you would read the Gospel of Matthew. Just think about that. This guy, who was a tax collector, who was a sinner and nobody really wanted to be with, he was a terrible guy, he was actually given an amazing job. And today, because of Matthew, we have one of the stories about the life of Jesus. What an amazing thing. You see, he was called to do something amazing. And his skill at maybe writing down numbers and recording things was actually used by Jesus to record the life of Jesus and then taken by God and put into the amazing book called the Bible so that we can understand who Jesus is. You see, his work has lasted the test of time. 2,000 years later, we are still reading what Matthew wrote. What a great thing, isn't it? That actually God takes lives and gives them purpose and meaning, maybe far beyond what we could have had before. When I was, oh my goodness, 21. Okay, let's move on six years. I went to a, a concert. It wasn't a country and western concert, I may add. I was stood there, and this guy came up to me, and he said, hi there, I've never seen him in my life. To be honest, I never knew who he was. He said to me, he said, Will, you are going to go to Bible college in three years' time. And that had never even crossed my mind. It wasn't on my radar, you know. I was doing stuff in church. I was in like a drama group and doing a bit of Sunday school, but nothing about going to Bible college and training to be a minister. That was so far away from my thinking. But God had a call on my life. At the time, I was working for British Gas. Woohoo! Life doesn't get more exciting than that. Um, working in an office, doing some training with people, um, and um, yeah. And next minute, it's like Bible college, Bible college, Bible college. And I spent three years. I mean, three years went very, very quickly. And I prayed every day, God, what do you want me to do? I sat down with a pastor at the time, like the church leader, and I said, God's told me I'm going to Bible college. Is this true? And he went, hmm. And if he was good, he was a good pastor. He said, well, let's pray about it. Rather than give me that, yeah, go and do it. He, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we looked at the, the people in the Bible who got called by God and came to the conclusion. God was saying, it's true. And so I applied for a Bible college. And surprise, surprise, I got in. I said goodbye to British Gas. Just as the point where they were giving away thousands of shares to all their employees... Was I annoyed or not? No, because I'd given that up and I was going to do what God wanted. Three years of Bible college, and then when I finished college, I had to find a place to come and serve. So we came to Basingstoke. Um, and then we left <laughs> for five years, and then we came back. I suppose it, it, for me, it's about what God does with lives. And uh, maybe that won't be your story. I want to say to you if, you, if you decide to follow Jesus and share Jesus, he will take you to places you've never been before. And you'll see things you've never seen before. But it's about will you, will you follow Jesus Christ? And I, was, I did, a, for a number of years, we did uh, youth camps 
And um, I used to do a youth camp with uh, boys who were from the age of 10 to 13. That's a lovely age if you've had a boy from 10 to 13, isn't it? Because they never wash, they never change their clothes. And we used to do, used to do camping. And so basically, the, the boys would come along, they'd have a bag packed with really nice stuff from mum and dad, you know. They'd have their T-shirts in there, nice steamer. They would have their shorts and their trousers and underwear and, you know... By Wednesday, you'd go round and there was this horrible smell, which was teenage boys who'd not washed and cleaned or cleaned their teeth. And, um, but it was an amazing thing. And, and what I used to say, we, we used to have meetings a bit like this. And at the end of the day, people, these young lads would say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've heard what you've said and I've heard and we've sung songs. I, I want to give my life to Jesus. And um, I would say to them, I would say to them, this is a serious decision. This is not like changing your socks. Do it today, change your mind tomorrow, uh, and, and kind of move on. Because this decision will affect, if you follow it, the rest of your life. You're saying to God, here's my life, and I want you to take it and bless it, and I want you to use me to change the world. And I give you that today. Maybe some people here today you hear what God is saying. It's actually, you know deep inside that things aren't right. And you've watched Lottie and you think, that here's somebody who has found the answer. Maybe today you want to make Jesus the answer to your life. And I, what we're going to do in a minute, we're going to pray. And um, when I talk about becoming a Christian, I always say to people, it's as easy as, sorry, thank you, please. Okay? Sorry, thank you, please. You know, we just say to God, Look, sorry, I'm sorry, God, because I have made not always a good, you know, good job of my life. There are things I've done which maybe I am ashamed of. I wouldn't want others to know. Because the great thing, God is, says that, the Bible says that when we tell God we've done wrong, he forgives us and gives us a clean slate. The second thing is to say thank you. Thank you to Jesus Christ, because the Bible says that he came from heaven, okay, which is an amazing place, came to this earth and lived in first century Palestine, which wasn't an amazing place. It was dirty and grimy. King of kings stepped out of heaven into this world. And he came, why? Because God loves us, because he came to die for us. And so we need to say thank you. And then lastly, the word is please. Lord, please come into my life and change me and transform me and take my life and make it something amazing. We're going to pray together and I'm going to use that as my prayer. Maybe this morning you feel God is saying, yes, follow me. You can pray in your heart. You can say amen to the words. And today you can follow Jesus for yourself if you want to. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's take a moment to be quiet and still. to reflect on our own heart. You're going to lead us in a prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Maybe you want to take a moment just to reflect on the things that you have struggled with.
please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is not right. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. And I now receive that gift. And lastly, we say, please, please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. And help me to walk in your ways and to live for you. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus who was just an amazing person who walked this world and loved everyone he met. We thank you that he called Matthew. And we thank you that today we have Matthew's version of the gospel. We thank you that you take ordinary lives and you bless them and use them. And we this morning just lay our lives before you. And we ask that you would bless us and use us in your mighty name. Amen.